Welcome to Neither Here Nor There. wasn't expecting to see you so soon. After the last few weeks, I thought the rivalry of two former friends would have left you feeling satisfied. But no, you cannot be satiated, can you? I want to shift in focus. The elements play such a big role in what you and I both perceive. Last time, we trekked together through scorching deserts and salt flats, but now, it's time for a shift. I have something to show you. Two partners, braving a virtually tundraic landscape. Or is it? Snow piling up in places so high that it forms a natural fortress. Or does it? Roads surrounded by icy walls carved by man to allow you passage in, and out, if you please. What happens when we venture away from these preordained paths? What happens when someone shows up uninvited? Tis the season, after all. Here's the story of the unexpected guest. Let's try this one last time. You won't finish the story without crying? Started and stopped this recording shit so many fucking times. Now you got me all pissed off. State your name and we'll get out of your hair. How's that sound? It came. It, it came. It was... It was so sudden. <laughs> Alright, that's it. It... I'll be goddamned if you make me miss out on dinner. You on shape up? Y yes. I think I can. I'm sorry. Now state your name, and we'll get this show on the road. For real this time. My name is Andrew Johnston. Andy, if you work with me. I'm a state trooper with the Alcana County Sheriff's Department. Well, all right, Mr... Andy, you won't tell us what you saw out there? I... I saw... To... To tell you what I saw, I need... I need to go back to that morning. The morning where... I was cutting right to it. Alright, you want to tell me how you found Rachel's to, body? To tell you what happened... I need to tell you everything from that morning. Why was Rachel's body mangled? Stop! Just... I'll tell you everything. You just need to listen to me. We were... Rachel and I, we... 
We're partners. I knew her better than I knew most people. I'm not lonely or anything. I was never a creep with her. It's just... It's just a lonely job. Not much happens out here. You spend a lot of time just kind of shooting the shit and chatting till it's quitting time. It was about... Hell, I don't know. 1 p.m.? Something like that. And we were driving around the hunting range, telling folks uh, season ended just a few hours ago. We try our hardest to keep you federal types out of our hair. No, no offense. And, well, we were doing our normal sweep. Down Lodge A, to Overlook A, to Lodge B, then Overlook B. Rachel's so funny. She'd have this air horn, and she'd blare it, and scream, and just telling whoever's around to get going. Get going! Go on! Ain't nothing here you can shoot anymore! It was so much fun. Rachel's always fun. It's a real heart of gold on her. Of course, always got her into trouble, you know? Letting some drunk go home because she knew his kids, or letting people steal stuff because she felt like the stores could take the hits. Probably shouldn't admit that, but what else am I going to do? This kind of mentality was uh, what Rachel became known for in the force. We all were the hard asses, and she was the one who'd swoop in and let us know to lighten up. And whenever something was wrong, she... Nothing could stop her from helping it. It's the morning of, and we're doing those rounds, and right as we're uh, driving off from Overlook B, we see this thing off on the side of the road. A real nasty mash of fur and sticks. I, I told her who cares. Let's get back onto the station, but she made me pull over. We pull over and, you know, see it. Right as I started ribbing her about caring too much, she noticed a small trail of blood leading off in the snow. Hold on now. Snow? Sonny, you better. I'm, I'm not messing around. You heard me. Snow. It's November 3rd. Ain't no snow dropping for another month or so. Will you please let me just talk? Alright, fine. You pulled over, and what'd you see? She sees this trail of blood leading off around this bend and gave me this whole look. And I know this look. My daughter gives it to me all the time. Lower lip out, big old puppy dog eyes. She looks back at me and says, it's probably some hurt deer, something like that. Probably some unfortunate soul a hunter shot on the way out. Now, I'm no hunting man. I don't know the first thing about tracking animals, but... Rachel? Her dad was a marksman. Served, too. She started talking about how you have a duty when you're hunting. You gotta step up, make sure the animal you just hurt dies. You don't want to make the creature miserable. You came here for game, not pain. It's cold as shit. I brought an extra jacket, threw that on her. We started trekking down the trail, and uh, the further we go, the more blood we see. And I'm like, God damn it, you're right. 
So we keep going on. Whatever this was, we're thinking a deer or something. Maybe even a bear. Got hurt pretty bad. We knew what we had to do. If the hunter isn't going to be responsible and put the poor thing out of its misery, we have to. The marks in the snow felt like they went on for miles. When we started out, it felt like the wind was cutting right through my shirt, but the further we walked into these woods, I swear the temperature dropped a good 20 or 30 degrees. 20 or 30 degrees. Sun. There's this hilly bit uh, right around the overlook. You get this beautiful scenery of the valley. Dense, luscious overgrowth. Makes you wonder just how little of it's been tricked by man. We get closer and closer to the base of this mountain, and there's so much junk piled up around this pile of rocks. You know, just like old radios, jackets, a shopping cart. Figured some bum set up shop here. So we get all prepared to talk to him, let him know he can't be killing nothing past hunting season. Then we see it. It's this... This thing. I can't tell you what this animal was. Had these huge antlers. Like a... Like a 16, 17 point buck. Just a massive set on it. And it was bent over. Eating. Something. Hell, I don't know. The closer we got, the more we saw it had matted down fur. Seeped through with blood. Mud. Probably its own shit. This thing was in an awful state. Now, I didn't want to admit this, but I've never shot something before. Rachel kept begging me, telling me to just put the poor thing out of its misery. But I couldn't. I don't know what it was, but the sight of the beast it filled me with this, this insurmountable amount of dread. It scared the shit out of me, alright? It scared me. My hands trembling. Had to have looked like the weakest man you've ever seen. Then Rachel... Rachel grabbed my hand, calmed me down, then grabbed her gun, unholstered, and shot the thing. It didn't make a noise at all. It took the shot, almost like it went straight through it, and all we saw was its head spin 180 degrees, and its cold, piercing, wide eyes. This thing, whatever it was, looked straight through me. Not at me, through me. Felt like it looked through my soul. It's like it took an inventory of everything that ever happened to me. Whatever this thing was, it knew exactly how to get rid of me. Then it shifted its gaze to Rachel. They just stood there, staring at each other. Rachel weren't the kind to get jumpy. She always had her composure about her. I've never seen her like this. She looked like her life had been drained out of her. This thing, whatever it was, knew I didn't shoot it. But she did. It stood up, 
making this awful creaking, snapping sound, like a like a massive tree falling in slow motion. It kept its glare on her. You could feel something foul in its energy. I break eye contact with whatever this thing is and look at her and her joints are all locked in place. She's just standing there, sobbing, unable to move while this thing corrected its posture, dropped on all fours, and dashed away. I don't know what this thing took from her, but whatever it was, it left her scarred. I'm gonna kill you. Alright, son. Listen. This thing was, uh, what'd you say? 16-point buck? Piercing white eyes, body of a man, and impossibly dark. Did I get that right? More or less. Uh-huh. Alright. Just gonna... Just gonna set the text real quick. You can keep on going. Rachel's a real pain in the ass sometimes. Always putting her nose where it don't belong. The trail went off that ways. I'm standing there just trying to figure out what the hell that thing was but Rachel she she had this look in her eyes the Rachel I knew the Rachel I joked around with the Rachel I she was gone you ever read about the Calvinists pastor talked about them a while ago no I don't think I know they're these early American types. Real salt-of-the-earth kind of guys. And gals. The basis of their belief was that God himself handpicked who was and wasn't going to heaven. They had no say. They could live the best life they could in hopes that they were picked. But at the end of their life, their fate was already handpicked for them. Do you... Do you believe in God? I work for the state. Can't really be muddling with... I said, do you believe in God? The world's full of, uh... I don't know. All sorts of things I don't understand. There's a real chance that he's real. There's a real chance he isn't. I'm somewhere in the middle. Does that answer your question? Well, I believe. Always have been. Always will be. But ever since he told them about this God this version of God that exists that predetermines the damned and the saved, I... I haven't been able to shake it. That morning I saw something change in Rachel. That fun-loving, reckless personality was gone. All that I saw in her face were these cold, vacant eyes. I called for her a few times, made sure she was okay, the second I grabbed her arm, she recoiled, kept her eyes straight forward, and started stalking this thing. I used to think we had free reign over our lives, but whatever this thing was, it, it altered the course of Rachel's future. I'm, te- I'm telling you, she knew what her fate was. She knew she had to face this thing, and only one of them would make it out on the other side. I'm telling you. I asked her if she needed anything. A medic? Backup? Water? Nothing. 
she just kept slowly walking forwards with her gun drawn. Anything that moved, she pointed the barrel at and was ready to kill. Snow at this point was about, hell, up to the knee height at this point. So it was dropping off of trees and into bushes. It scared the shit out of both of us. I need you to cut the shit with this snow thing. Weather reports from the day indicate that it never dropped below 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Unless you know something I don't, we're gonna have some serious issues come. Why do you think I'd lie about this? What's this then? Tell me how the hell I got frostbite then. Why's my chest all marked up? Why's the inside of my arm raw? Tell me. Hey, hey, easy. Let's keep going with your little story. Go on. Whenever you're ready. Andy, come on. The body of this thing was huge. It ran away, just away from us, bleeding. I guess the shot did a number on it. The snow at this point was starting to lighten up, but the trail it left behind was a huge divot, almost like a snowplow ran through it. I kept calling out to her, Rachel. I could call back up, but she wouldn't listen to me. She had her eyes dead set on the valley in front of us and was following the trail left behind by the, the thing. She wouldn't stop for nothing. It was a long walk, a couple of miles or so. We knew we were going right the right way at least because every now and then you'd see a speck of blood clawed mark on a tight bunch of trees. The deeper we plunged into this valley, the snow started to pick up again. I could barely stand the shit, but Rachel, she kept marching in. I looked at her face and I noticed she was crying. Tears had frozen to her cheeks. Her skin was peeling from it, but she couldn't be bothered by it put my hat on, my gloves on, put everything I had on to try to stave off just how fucking cold it got. I figured we were getting closer to the beast. The snow, that groove we'd been walking in, stopped looking like it was freshly plowed and started taking odder shapes. It was steaming. Whatever this thing was, I don't think we've ever seen one before. What animal, what creature runs that hot? You run your hands through some snow and see if it comes back steaming. We got to this part of the forest and... I'm not kidding you. The trees were bowed in. Like a missile hit or something. Trees bowed inwards, almost like a shockwave hit it from all sides but center. Almost looked like a meteorite hit, still smoldering just in the center of it, like you're looking right where the snow line met the base of the mountain, you saw that thing, breathing. We finally got a good look at it. Impossibly dark. Not, not just black fur. I've seen black bears up close. Too close one time, but this was darker than that. If you tried to focus your eyes in on it, it'd shift get a headache if you tried long enough and this thing hunched over just breathing hard 
from the back all we could see was its bulged out back crouched those awful jagged antlers I tried to grab Rachel by the arm and pull her telling her we need to call the hell I don't know forest ranger military but we needed to leave then she shoved me when you fall like that hundreds thousands of feet down an incline you don't really expect to be able to move afterwards the world tumbles by you so fast ground sky ground 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 then it blurs at first you sit there panicking trying your hardest to focus on something try to get your bearings to roll a different way you know maybe brace yourself for an upcoming tree or rock but eventually you surrender to it so down down you go at first scared for your life then soon slowly slowly giving into it I remember at one point two seconds seemed like it took a year and ten seconds felt like ten seconds then and then I didn't care anymore I was almost sure both of my shoulders are broken so by the time I hit whatever it was that I'd hit I wouldn't be able to prop myself up I said my goodbyes apologized for everything I knew I did wrong and waited for the world to end. It did come to an end, funny enough. No clue how long I'd fallen or how long I'd been down there, but the weather had cleared up. It was sunny, probably. I don't know, 60 degrees? How, how long had I been unconscious? How far did I fall? I assumed something like a day had gone by. I really must have gotten the shit kicked out of me. I started to rummage through my pockets, looking for something to call with, and nothing I'd strapped to my belt made it. Walkie-talkies, somewhere out there. Glasses shattered to shit. Pants are practically torn off. But on my hip, I was lucky enough. I'd somehow managed to never lose my gun. I guess these damn holsters do work. <laughs> I figured the only way was up. I started climbing up the same path I'd fallen down. My body really was dragged down the hillside, it seems. Every now and then, a tangled web of branches clearly a speck of blood on a stone I whacked my arm or knee on. I mean, you see me. I look like I was nearly killed in a bar fight. I kept marching my way up, looking for my walkie-talkie, and I never found it. Got myself a walking stick to make the trek up easier, but by whatever small percent that was, each tangled web of branches I passed by felt like a little piece of me was left behind there. Nothing really taking serious blows. Nothing individually life-threatening. But a chance of dying by a thousand cuts was there. 
that makes sense. It's funny, right? You ever been on your way to a fancy dinner? Uh, trip down to the lake? The day's so beautiful, and you see there's a fatal car accident blocking the road going the other way? Nature never cared about you. Nothing cares about you. Your tragedy's just a dark spot on an otherwise perfect day. So walking past all this stuff felt exactly like that. Could've died there. Yeah, could've died there too. Could've hit my head on that rock. Probably sprained my shoulder on that thing there. Sorry, sidetracked. I finally make my way up the side of this mountain, and by the time I get up to the top, the snow's back. My hands met ice. I pulled myself up over the guardrail that should have kept me from all that mess. I just went through, and then I remembered. Rachel. The grooves in the snow were gone. Nothing was steaming no more. Trees are all back to their original shape. Feel like I'd gotten a head injury after all this shit. I unholstered my gun and started walking down what used to be a steaming path. The further I plunged my way in, the more wild and intense the winds became. What used to be gusts chilling me to the bone quickly became walls of wind knocking me over head first into quickly grown piles of snow. I managed to correct myself by holding on and uh, passing myself from tree to tree, almost like a kid playing that old, oh, what's it called? Floor's lava? My shoulders are killing me at this point. Every tree I grab makes me relive the pain of falling down that mountain. Each bang, each cut, feeling as fresh as the moment it happened, however long ago that was. I have no idea how long it took me to get from that guardrail to here, but I'll never forget what I saw. There he was. Bastard. Lying with its back against a rock and breathing heavily. Each exhale causing plumes of steam to come from its awful nostrils. Massive, massive clouds billowing from whatever this thing was. It looked hurt. Whatever was going on with it, whatever Rachel had done to it, may have finally killed it. I was moving around as quietly as I could. I have no idea how hurt this thing is. And I'm looking for Rachel. Any sign of her. The bleeding of this monster made it harder and harder to focus kept my gun out in case it tried to make any moves while I had my back turned to it. I started digging through the snow. Maybe it knocked her out. Maybe she's hiding from it. Hell, I didn't know. When suddenly, the thing, whatever it was, started to look like it was trying to stand up. Pointed my gun at it. Screamed something at it. I don't know. Probably told it to lay down or I'll have to hurt it worse, but... This thing was getting up, almost like it was protecting something. I'm no threat to it, I'm just some guy who walked into its home. There's no way it has a concept of a handgun, right? The beast managed to rock itself up onto its knees, with its hands placed on the ground in front of it, when I felt it. A drip, 
It's snowing. I know the shit's wet, and I'm not stupid. But this was warm. And it was falling at odd intervals. There was a drip. Then another drip. Then another one. When suddenly, I wiped my face. Looking down at my hands. They were crimson red. Is this thing making it rain blood from the sky? What the fuck are you? The longer I stood in that position, the angrier it seemed to get. I raised my gun up and pointed it squarely at its chest before I looked up. I looked up and I... I saw Rachel. Her. What was left of her. She was hung up from the tree. Maybe... Maybe 20 feet above me. She was... She was missing her bottom jaw. Her... Her rib cage had been cracked open. And all her organs were hanging there. Silhouetted against the setting sun like wind chimes. The lower half of her body was completely missing. And I saw this and I panicked. I... That was Rachel. I... I started shooting. You piece of shit. You fucking piece of shit. I have no idea how long she'd been dead. She was suspended there, between the tree branches. But one of her organs, I... I didn't look too long. Her arms were spread wide, and the look on her face felt so... agonizing. It was so inhuman. Now, I've seen bodies eaten by animals before. It's one of the more upsetting facets of this job, but this... This didn't feel like this animal was from this world. I sat there, sobbing. My head in my hands. Rachel, my... Was dead. Died in one of the most brutal ways I've ever seen someone die in. What the fuck do you even do here? Do you cut her down? Do you try to bury her? I didn't know. I... I just didn't know. It wasn't until I'd been shaking the tree for a few minutes that I realized that this creature had been getting both hooves under it and was finally beginning to correct its posture. It was a horrible sound. Like a mortician resetting bones on a long dead body. The rotting flesh re-sewing itself together. Bones repairing right in front of my own eyes. I... I couldn't believe it. I started to run. I didn't know how much strength this thing had left, and I figured I could outrun it till I got to some high visibility area, wave down for some help, anything. And as I ran deeper into the forest, the, the snow became almost blinding. I had no idea where I was. All that I knew was that for the first time in my life, I'd become prey. I ran for my life. I'd always heard that phrase when I played tag as a kid. We'd scream run for your life as a close friend chased us. But I'd never known what running for your life actually felt like. I had no bullets in my gun. My shoes were torn to shit. The wind was cutting right through my clothes. 
was only a matter of minutes before I woke up here. I'm not sure what else to say. I, I've heard enough. Hey, Davis, gonna need uh, someone walking back to his cell, alright? Well, I, I think we both know what's going on here. But I told you everything. I, I, I told you ev- I told you everything. All things must come to an end, eventually. Some sooner than others. An unfortunate ending to a protagonist so sure of his own convictions. If only we had known how correct he was. Have you heard of a Wendigo? Originally thought to be an excuse for disappearing bodies in the First Nation peoples of the Americas. The Wendigo is, and always has been, hungry. Very little is known about the Wendigo, as those who are often pursued by them do not live to tell the tale. Unfortunately for Andy, he would go on to experience an entirely different form of death on his own. Wendigo are known for their two distinct characteristics, their large, undulating, beast-like bodies, and, funny enough, their ability to control the weather. Early humans sought to understand sudden weather abnormalities that would kill their kindred spirits. Tornadoes, sudden floods, droughts, even roaming blizzards were all often attributed to the migratory Wendigo. The case of Rachel is a tragic one. Wendigo, as we know, are only prone to attack when they are starved to the point of near extinction. The body of a Wendigo atrophies to the point that they are so thin they blend into the trees around them. If you are being pursued by one, you often will not notice. In an attempt of desperation, a Wendigo will thrash, causing the weather around it to change, but migrate with it. Examples of this are sudden destructive tornadoes in remote towns. Depending on the area of the world you're in, your weather experience will vary dramatically. If you were to be roaming alone, unseen, in the forest, virtually undefended, and you were to feel a sudden weather snap, it's already too late. Very few have lived to tell the tale of seeing a Wendigo in person. Body types vary given flora and fauna. Some have been known to take thin, angled lines in order to blend in with the dying and decaying trees around them. Others have been known to be near-perfect hybrids between a mighty stag and a bull. One detail always seems to stand true, which is their white, piercing, bright eyes. Regardless, seeing a Wendigo almost entirely guarantees the sealing of your fate. It is unknown how, or why, Wendigo feasts the way that they do. Some are known to consume and leave piles of ash, typically near campsites. Others become butchers and perform brutal displays of body gore. 
whatever their method, escaping the clutches of a hungry wendigo is something you and I both should never want to experience. Do you hear that? I feel like I heard something. Come to think of it, it's suddenly become quite cold near you too, hasn't it? If I were you, I'd run. Or not. You are the arbiter of your own life, aren't you? Just remember, when the Wendigo has you in its sight, it's nearly impossible to get away. Neither Here Nor There is a bi-weekly horror joint writing and audio production project. The music for this show is provided by Cryo Chamber. A link to their band camp is in the description. <laughs>